This is the best of the summer run home. Weekdays for the Hyundai Santa Fe. Welcome back to the best of the summer run home. It's Missile here. I was joined by Robbie Slater today. We talked about picks with dicks and dick picks in Tenerife of all places. How much of the tennis have you been taking in, particularly now there's no Aussies? That was disappointing, to be fair. Yeah. Demeanor. I'll tell you what. There was I did watch Alcaraz. Sorry, I watched Alcaraz last night. He's good. Sharp? Oh, he's... Yeah. I like the center. Do you reckon he's struggling with the ladies while he's out here? Oh, mate, Must be tough. he struggles in the nightclubs. <laughs> uh, it's just the, the hardest answer would be so would be saying, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> uh, no. He'd be throwing out so many no's. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. no, no, no. You'd love to be his agent, though, as well, wouldn't you? Imagine trying to sign up deals for him. It's, again, no, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, massive oh, corporation. I'll tell, tell you a funny one on being, being an agent. Um, so when I was swimming, uh, my agent used to control, uh, my social media while I was overseas swimming. Cause I didn't want a, a distraction. And, uh, I don't know why early on in my career, I hadn't had any girlfriends publicly and maybe it's just a, a product of the sport or the fact that I got around in speedos all the time, <laughs> but it wasn't on the record that I was straight or otherwise Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. for whatever reason. So my DMs, I would say, were probably 70, 30 guys to girls. Mm. Guys shooting their shot, for lack of a better word. Yeah. So I go overseas. <laughs> I, I swim at, I swim at uh, whatever it was, World Champs, Com Games, whatever. I come back and my manager goes, I cannot wait to log out of this social media account. <laughs> He's like, this thing is disgusting. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like... The amount of penises I have seen in the last three weeks is ridiculous. <laughs> and I said, have they got any, any of them turn you? And he goes, nah, no. <laughs> but that's, I, I basically, I know what it feels like to be a, a, a girl, you know, on social media. I would get that many <laughs> sent to me. Dick pics. DPs. I would get Wow. Heaps. I mean, it's a compliment. But, and it is. I mean, he is a strapping lad. Yeah. I mean, you said about Alcaraz. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, you've, you've never struggled was... either. I hope your missus isn't, isn't I, listening. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have struggled if I was gay. Put it that way. <laughs> but eventually my, my manager said to me at one stage, um, I, I did start dating a girl for a while, and uh, but I didn't want it to be super public. For, yeah. I don't know. It's just stressful and it puts a lot of pressure on it. Mm. And he said, mate. We've got to get this out there in the public because <laughs> <laughs> that's too much to deal with. <laughs> well, it must be nice to know that you broke both female and male hearts. <laughs> I was always wondering, like, when you open them. I used to joke. I lived, you know, with some other boys. And we used to joke, are they thinking like this? Uh, we're going to get in with this one. This is the one. <laughs> when they're taking the picture, oh, I reckon this is the one. Missile's going to love this one. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a different world out there. It's a different world. It's a different world where you were. It's like, Robbie, you... you totally didn't have this throughout your career. It's an interesting... Mate, I had red hair and freckles. school. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why I was a professional footballer. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, I didn't have those problems. So I just kicked the ball around. And then obviously later with, you know, you know when you oh, as a sort of make in it, England, yes. far you know, out. You Talk about the shooting money fish in the then, barrel. Then it's, yeah. Then yeah. It's, it's open slather. But, uh, yeah, but I never had the stature of missile. You know, the, the presence and uh, the effect on, you know, both sides. 
<laughs> Which hey, is not a problem. It's fantastic. When you see the world of social media today, and I, I even it's gone to another level since <laughs> I've retired as well. There's pros and cons to it, right? But I'm thankful that I wasn't in the current social media landscape as an athlete. Well, how do you think we like? So back to my era, which is way before yours, um, mate. The stuff that we did, yeah, and people and players and you know did in those days. I mean, it just couldn't happen today. Yeah, and the thing it is, it just couldn't happen. I mean, uh, the biggest, the the closest I ever got to that was News of the World. So I was yep. on the front page of the News of the World once because I was with a player called Julian Dix at West Ham. End of the season <laughs> trip to Tenerife, Las Americas, all yeah. the boys together. Yeah, obviously. Um, and news of the world doesn't exist for these kind of, kinds of things, but this, anyway, we met a couple of girls, you know, I was married at the time and of course I was a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, anyway, I was hanging around with Dixie, which was the first big mistake because every news was after, they were after Dixie. Anyway, Dixie pick, <laughs> pulled two girls. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah. that, that, that first evening, you yeah. know, nightclub was about 2am in the morning. And we ended up going back to uh, uh, the girls' apartments. And um, anyway, one of them turned out to be a News of the World plant. Oh. Was there. So, so Dixie and, you know, yeah. myself were, you know, ended up on the front page of the News of the World oh. uh, the week we got back strategically. Mm. Now, luckily, my, my, my wife being Francaise, elle est partie en France. So she left to go back with France with uh, uh, the kids. So she didn't see the news of the world. Oh, so you could have nowadays. So, yeah. yeah. So that would have been all over social media now. Yeah. So, so that's the closest I got. But it was a funny story because <laughs> when I went back to France, the English papers always came a few days later. So we were walking down the cobbled streets of Antibes in the south of France where my wife Natalie's parents had an apartment. And... Um, we walked past this little cigarettes, tobacco shop, cigarette, yep. and, and out the front had the foreign papers. Yeah. And I looked. And you know when you see something, just everything falls. I know that feeling. You know, you just, yeah. and you just go. Yeah. And Natalie goes, ooh, Robbie, can you get the, the news of the world? I want to see this one. And because um, she loved the scandal. As a, as a French woman, she loves the scandal of the English. Uh, and the scandal papers, c'était toujours la meilleure merde. Alors moi, j'étais merde, je vais acheter ce journal. Anyway, cut a long story short, because I'll get in, get in the shit by Bronco, who said I was making it all about me yesterday. Uh, anyway, so I go into the shop white, and I have to buy the paper, because Natalie's standing there waiting. So I bought the news of the world and I've seen it front and I've just folded it in half and I've walked back and Natalie had the pram. So I've just shoved it underneath, you know, the pram underneath. Yeah. There. And then the whole time we're walking back and we got back to the apartment and then we went down to the beach and Natalie said, can you bring the paper uh, with you? And I, was, I said, yeah, no problem. So I waited about an hour. I got the paper. I went straight down to the bottom where the big bin was. Threw it in there and got to the beach. She said, where's the paper? I said, oh, I forgot it. And Natalie being French, you know, another hour goes by and she's forgotten about the paper. Wow. <laughs> but I got it. I got it. But I got out of it. No, no. But Brooksy. Yeah, yeah. But Brooksy, when I got back to England, I walked into the dressing room for the first day of preseason and all the boys, West Ham boys are going, wow, what happened? You know, like. 
Robbie, you know, what happened? Trouble, you know, like, yeah. he goes, I said, oh, got away with it. <laughs> I said, I said, how did you get away with it? And I said, well, and I tried to tell this story. But then I said, basically, I just said, oh, Natalie had already gone to France and we were on holidays in France. And, and West Ham was the type of club where you weren't close because it was London. You weren't really close with the other families and that. So oh. she never was in the wives club. Oh. Wow. But one of the players, Ian Dowie, uh, oh. And the big downers looked at me and said, well, you were lucky, my son, because they did a follow-up in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and I said, what was in the sun? He said, well, they had a picture of Dixie, and then they had a picture of you, and it, the caption was, Robbie Slater, he was nippies in the bed as he was nippy on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs>Welcome back to the best of the summer run home. Missile and Robbie Slater this afternoon. There was some huge NRL news, including but not limited to David Nofaluma parting ways with the West Tigers. It's an NRL news update. Subscribe to SEN League on YouTube and the SEN podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All right, this is a breaking story. What a developing story. Tigers fans, apologies in advance. You guys don't get much good news, and uh, it's not good today either. The West Tigers have agreed to the termination uh, of David Nofaluma. Uh, Nofaluma is claiming Benji Marshall told him he would not play NRL if he stayed at the club. The Tigers have offered a payout of $300,000 to terminate the final two years of his contract. Nofaluma's contract is valued at $525,000 per season. Uh, so I guess in that case, he could have been paid $1,050,000, mm. but he's taken a payout of $300,000. So you'd have to assume that he and his management have something else on the cards. Uh, Nofaluma has been handed uh, at least three breach notices by the club in recent seasons. Um, Nofaluma has taken the deal to leave. Uh, do we know... Any news? Is he heading somewhere? That does that seem strange to you, Robbie? So it does, yeah. they said to him, "We'll pay you out three hundred thousand. Yeah, they owe him just over a million dollars. Yeah, and he accepted it. So it's, it's, something doesn't seem right there. Something doesn't add up. Um, the most recent breaches were around turning up to training late or in a state uh, not yeah. able to train, which is not good. It's not good. So I I, I think from what I've heard, he's going through some issues in his personal and life I guess, as well. Uh, and, and I guess that's important. Uh, you don't always, you know, sometimes you just see the headlines, sometimes you see what's, you know, and you think, oh, you know, what's this guy doing? But you don't know what's going on in the background and maybe we'll learn that. In due time. In due yeah. time, or maybe we'll learn that from... Brooksy right now. Oh, Slippy over there. I oh, know, I've got nothing good. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, we saw it a couple of years ago where he was loaned to the Storm. He excelled. The, yeah, excelled. Uh, there was talk even even before that. I remember there was conversation about, it was all rumor, but mm. it was like maybe Addo Carr and Nofaluma. This was when Addo Carr was sort of in the market, wanted to go back to Sydney. And it was like, well, maybe they could do a swap, Addo Carr for Nofaluma. Oh, yeah. I remember Nofaluma that. could go to the Storm, Addo Carr could come back to the Tigers where he debuted. Yeah. And Tigers fans were like, no, we're not doing that deal because Nofaluma was, you know, he's, he's well, a leading he's on, try scorer. He's yeah, on 525000 a year as a winger of a struggling contract. Club. Yeah. Yep. Um, just on Nofaluma. Uh, so he, he has struggled recently. But how does that work on the Tigers' salary cap now? Do they take 
his normal salary of 525 off, and so now they free up 525, mm-hmm. or do they have to keep that 300 yeah. that they paid him out on the cap? What, what's what's happening? Well, that, that's the that's going to be the interesting part because I think you would think in the situation that he would be on the book still for 500, mm-hmm. but the payout is for him to leave the club straight away. So they don't free up any cap space. Until he signs another deal, right? So at the moment, he's on the books for 505. I reckon, let's say, let's argument's sake, the Storm come in yep. and they'll go, well, we'll take him for 200, which will mean that that'll lower the 500 for the Tigers. Yeah. You'd have to think he's a cap hit on the Tigers. The Tigers can't just go, oh, we're going to take 525 grand off the books by just paying 300 out. Does that mean he's pay- he's only going to be 150 on the books for the next two years because yeah. he's paid 300? Oh, I'm not sure. So, yeah. listeners, 0457736736. Oh, someone help us. I can't this is, this is actually the first time in, in the NRL that I can remember a player accepting a termination for, less. for an agreed-upon payment. Even... So how do they just terminate him? They just said you're done because he's had three breaches. I'm sure this story is going to develop because he must have had. He must have agreed. Yeah, you can't just. He's yeah. got a contract. You can't just kick him out, can you? Or is there a three strike rule? I'm not no, sure. It's, well, they've mutually agreed to this. Oh, it's mutual. Player in the club, but, but they've why, mutually why agreed to term- a termination letter, right? So they've sent him a letter saying we're going to terminate your contract, and he says, "Okay, I agree." It's all very strange. And, some... and for less money. Mark, you're here. Sorry. Could, yeah, could there be some sort of clause they've had in their deal way back when they signed it the first time saying if there is three breaches. Then why can... then why did he have to agree to the termination? To be nice and awful to make it seem like it was a consensual thing maybe and they're trying to show face. I'm not, I'm not sure. There's other ways to save face then. You could say, oh, he's decided to, you know, step away and there was a severance payment or something. You know, this mm. this this story still reads as Nofaluma has stuffed up. In yeah. my opinion, anyway, and that's what that's what the articles earlier this earlier this morning that were talking about the that this was on the on the cards that there was a um, offer from the Tigers to terminate that there had been at least three so circumstances. Yeah, he scored a hundred tries in one hundred ninety two games for the Tigers. A good like player. It's not, it's, it's at a his veteran. best, a good player. He's been there over ten years. Yeah. This would have been his eleventh. 12th season. Mm. But the other the thing club. is, if you're a veteran at a club and you're a role model, you set the standard yeah. as, as a player that's played 192 games for the club. And if you're turning up to training late or not in a manner to train and, and you're... In a stiff state. Yeah. yeah if, you're, if, you're, if you're getting three breaches he must be in age, a ba- He must be in a bad place. Yeah. Has to be. He can't be in a, ba- in a good place. Has to be. So new management, it's key too with this new management, right? Yeah, they want to. The Tigers haven't been in the finals. This is we know and yeah and forever. Yeah, and they they're, they're clearing sh- out the deadwood now. This is uh, Bob Fulton's son was what two weeks ago maybe now. Um, he was moved on. Now Nofaluma. Ship it's, up or sh- uh, shop out? What is it? Shape up or shop out? Shape up or you're ship so good out. with your quotes. <laughs> Shape up or ship out? Ship out. Yeah, I like it. It's good from the Tigers. Yeah, there was an. I when I was in the um, pool of my villa, I was reading an article about Roy Masters talking from Roy Masters talking about the youth at the Tigers. Mm. There has been so many young Tigers players, particularly from the Campbelltown re- region, blooded recently. And I think that's where they've got, they've signed all these veterans. They've got Jerome Luai next year. They want to 
give these young guys a chance. At the yeah. NRL. Jareem Buller was an absolute sensation for him. Yeah. And they're hoping to probably unearth another winger. I thought Junior Tupu was another sensation, but he's signed with the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, quick bit of feedback. Mitch, Mitch says, it's a day of rejoice and celebration for 99% of Tigers fans. Andy reckons the reason it's 300000 for two years is because the minimum NRL contract is 150 per year. That might make sense. Well, thanks, Andy. At least we get, a, you know, we, we need to yeah. get Andy on the show. He was. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yes. Well, Keep joining in. 0457736736. Rooster Man says, Missile, you breach a contract three times. You don't need agreement. He's lucky he got $300,000. That's true. Potentially. So there is a three strike. Yeah. Yeah, if we take Rooster Man's word. Rooster Man. <laughs> the Tigers expert. All right, Adam Reynolds has injured his ankle at training. Uh, Chris Nicolucci in the Herald has said that it is minor ligament sprain and that he should be back by the end of the week. He played 23 games last season, 20 or more games in the past seven seasons, which flies in the face of those people that said he's always injured or he's injury prone. The one thing about Adam Reynolds is... He doesn't necessarily get big injuries and miss heaps of games, but he gets a lot of niggles, like mm. this one, that just sort of hang over him a bit. You know, you see him limping a lot in the game where he gets mm. hit late, and he's always got little niggles. So, and this one's a foot muscle. Mm. A muscle in the foot. Yeah, minor ligament. You know, uh, it must uh, be underneath the foot. You'd imagine it's in the arch. You reckon he's where? had a slip, Brooksy? I was going <laughs> to say, you know where he needs to go. You reckon? Yeah, Sundari mm. Spa. Do they do the yeah. soles of the feet? Just make oh, sure the just the make sure he gets the oil feels, wiped off him. You got to get the wipe off at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be four to six weeks down oh, those right. So if uh, Adam Reynolds goes down, what backup do they have at the Broncos? <clears throat> I'm just trying to think, Brooksy. I'm trying to think. Obviously, Ezra Ram would take the reins. Uh, you could switch young Billy Walters into the halves. He's played there yeah. in the past. They've got backup at hooker. Um, Tyson Smoothie could come in and play nine. Is that Blake Moser that's been in? Jock Madden played in the halves last year for the Broncos. Um, I imagine he'd be another viable option. Um, so there is cover around. Or you could slot in one of those talented backs. like Tristan a, Saylor? Yeah, you could slot him in at 5'8", potentially. Well, for it's, Christ's sake, it's a, it's, by the sounds of it, they got about 10. If it happened at the back end of the year, it'd be... Like with the losses that, that they've had yeah. too, they've lost two quality players to the Dolphins in Farnworth and Flint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Palacea forward. But not, this does this injury look like it's going to keep him out? Doesn't sound like it's going. Doesn't to, sound like it. Doesn't sounds sound like, like it's it. minor and he's going to get through because he's for me he's crucial if they're going to go one oh, better yeah. than they did last season. Yeah, absolutely. Which you know, let's be face it will haunt them. So, would still be haunting them now in preseason because they were home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nathan, what Cleary did be really was incredible. To see how the club bounces back from this. Yeah, because that was you know they, they were home. You know, it's like... 2015 when they lost in extra time, that half buried them. They didn't come back for a number of years yeah, after men- that. Mentally, it, it it affects you to get yeah. that close. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then how often does it come back? That those kind of moments, you know. This is the best of the summer run home. Weekdays for the Hyundai Santa Fe. Welcome back to the best of the summer run home. It was Missile and Robbie Slater in the chair today. We spoke to Joel Davies ahead of the massive BBL final between the Sixers and the Brisbane Heat. 
Big match coming up, Robbie. It's the final of the Big Bash tomorrow night at the SCG. This is a very important game. And to talk with us about this game, Joel Davies, welcome to the run home. He's a Sydney Sixers star. It's his first season, mate. How are you preparing for the big game tomorrow? Um, well, we've just been, I've been uh, watching a local Manly under 16 side playing just uh, <laughs> this afternoon, but um, we're uh, heading out to training now. So I think it'll be a pretty light session today. Had a full on one yesterday and just sort of ease into things for tomorrow. Mate, we feel very privileged to get you on here. We're wondering if it was going to be possible or not because apparently you are the new recipient of a blue tick on Instagram and uh, <laughs> we just weren't sure if we had the budget for you. Uh, yeah, no, I've been working on that for a while now and uh, finally our media manager got it for me. It was a uh, big thanks to Jordan Silk actually because he didn't have one and the bloke who sorts them out, is uh, he was uh, yeah, very, very confused as to why Jordan Silk didn't have it and then we just got added to the list as well when he got his. Hey, be honest, over-unders on how many DMs since the blue ticks come. <laughs> <laughs> what, what line are you giving me? <laughs> I, I'd say over-under five. Oh, jeez. You've, you've sold yourself pretty short there. Well, wow. oh, like there we go. <laughs> the benefits of the blue tick. That's it. And uh, wow, yeah. Well, don't tell it. Don't tell us. I mean, that's that's the best way, mate. It's bad, bad karma. Maybe if you tell us. Yeah. Listen, uh, obviously massive. Uh, down to the final. Must be delighted to be there. But it's a, obviously a replay of not so long ago. What's going to be different in this one? Um, I think just having the the home crowd will be absolutely massive for us. Um, there was, yeah, up in the Gold Coast there, I think there would have been about 95% of uh, Brisbane people, Brisbane fans, <laughs> yeah. and um, just I was just on the boundary getting absolutely hosed the whole time. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping our fans won't, um, won't be doing that to me. No doubt you watched the game last night between um, Brisbane and Adelaide. What did you make of that game? And what do you make of particularly Brown? 140 runs of 57 balls, the highest score Extraordinary, wasn't it? in a BBL final. Um, how do you stop him? Yeah, um, I think I'll, I'll leave that to the bowls. Um, he stayed um, down on the boundary, think, mate. Yeah, exactly. Just cop, him, cop, cop it from the fans. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I think, I think um, our spin bowlers just suit the... Um, the SCG wicket really well and just our I guess up front our bowl has been really good um yeah it's a pretty pretty surreal innings that one that Brown had I didn't actually get to see a whole lot of it I was actually watching a movie but um <laughs> yeah, I was flicking, flicking between the two when I saw the scores and it was yeah I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing it's pretty extraordinary oh it was extraordinary Mate. How, how do you, how do you, uh, I guess you, you're not going to be complacent because it's a final, but when you beat a team a week earlier, then play them again, oh, no. how, how do you avoid, uh, I guess, going in there just assuming that it's going to roll out the same way? Uh, I guess just knowing that they actually, they finished first, which was, I guess, we had a few results not go away with the rain and that, but they're obviously a, a very good side and... They're in the final for a reason. You see some of the scores that they've had, and I guess seeing what Brown did last night as well, we know that he could potentially just take it away from us, which we don't want to happen. So we we need to be pretty locked in on all that. And then their bowling their bowling group's pretty um, 
very solid as well. So they'll suit the SCG wicket as well. I think with I assume uh, Swepson will come back into that side um, with given the SCG wicket. But yeah, it's just yeah. I think we all want it so badly that we're not going <laughs> to just let it happen. So Joel, you, you said you were flicking between you know a movie and uh, the cricket. Is there a particular reason for that? Is that you just wanted to not watch the whole thing, or was the movie just that good? Oh, it's, it's a pretty good movie. I was watching the new Lion King, actually. Um, oh, the new Lion King. <laughs> yeah, it was a good movie. Um, but no, nah, I'm not a I'm not a massive cricket watcher, to be honest. I um I sort of like to get away from it when I'm mm. not actually playing or like watching at at the ground. Um, so yeah, I'd sort of like to zone out whenever I can and focus on anything else really different type of movie to the ones that your captain Moses Enriques enjoys I don't know if you remember the footage of Mitch Stark walking in the room while Moses was uh, taking on a film of his own yeah it was, um, it was what, what was he doing it was, it was watching Spotify or something oh yeah sure sure sure, sure. <laughs> hey uh, question if, if you guys all theoretical here don't want to jinx anything if you guys win the game now I've heard about uh, this secret room under the SCG where you go down and knock on the door. They let a sommelier lets you in. There's wine. There's spirits. There's, it's basically the party room of the SCG. I know the test team goes down there to celebrate their victories. Any chance the Sydney Sixers get access to said party room? I really hope so because I reckon I know as much about it as you guys do. I've heard it on interviews and things like that, but never, never experienced it or anything like that. But I, I really hope so. I don't reckon they'll let us down there if we lose. But, um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't have thought win. so. <laughs> I yeah, reckon I the man to get you in there is Steve O'Keefe. Uh, of course, this is his uh, John Farnham farewell tour. It just keeps going and going. I'm still not convinced this is his last game, but uh, are you looking forward to going out there for Socky one more time? Yeah, absolutely. I th- um, Playing with him at Manly, um, it's been pretty cool playing I don't think I've played with him yet, actually, um, for the Sixers. But um, just, yeah, fingers crossed, actually. Oh, sorry, I played the other night with him. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well done, Joel. <laughs> Lion King's a good... good yeah. Socky, good. Socky was clearly killing it the other night. <laughs> what was the name of that movie? <laughs> Can't remember. Um, but, yeah, it'll be, it'd be awesome to go out there with him and send him off with a bang. I think... Um, yeah, he always says it's his last year, and I reckon he said that for about five years now. So hopefully we actually see the back of him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, well, I mean, again, Sock will probably be in charge of this, but uh, plans for after the game, it's on a Wednesday, so Mad Monday doesn't sound right. Is it a, I don't know, Freaky Friday, Thirsty Thursday? What are we talking? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm hoping we can't keep track of what day it is by the time we, if we win. Um, but I think I think the boys said said they just last time they won just stayed in the change rooms pretty much all night and then um, by by sunrise they were under the harbour bridge still going and um, one of the boys from Manly as well like Jack Edwards he actually had to play a game that next day as he was still still pretty much drunk not even hungover yet <laughs> just drunk um, and ended up getting ninety in a final so. Maybe Andy. that's the way to go about it. What about his catch the other night? Holy smokes. That'll be on highlight reels for years to come. Yeah, it was. I was on the boundary and it looked like a. I just assumed it was a bump ball because he took it so casually and then everyone started celebrating. I just 
had to watch the replay back about 10 times to actually realise what just happened. Is he the kind of guy to come back to the dressing rooms and remind you of the catch, or is he is he a humble guy? Uh, he'll do it subtly. He won't <laughs> he won't blatantly go out there and say it, but he, he'll have little little sly things that he'll mention about it, and he won't he won't let us forget about that for a while now. Beautiful. Uh, big year for Ben Dwarsh just the other night. A uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in the qualifier. Uh, how's his preparation be? Expecting another five wicket haul from him? Oh, I'd be pretty handy. I um yeah I'm not too not too keen on getting him getting in the nets and facing him in there. Um, so yeah, I try to steer clear of that. But yeah, he all the bowlers bowled a fair bit yesterday. Bowled well, and then yeah, I'm I'm hoping that it's just the side arms and spinners today, so I don't have to face the quicks anymore in the net. Well, I was just about to say, Joel, so what is it today? What's the session today? It's mm. just uh, light, up and yeah, a bit? Or... I think it would be, yeah, it'll just be get what you need and get out pretty much. It'll be a bit of a fielding session and then, yeah, just I think it'll be mainly batters hitting and bowls will just be chilling out today so they're not cooking themselves before the game. What's the plans for the rest of the year for you after the Big Bash final? Are you going to play overseas, a uh, bit of state cricket? What's what's on? Yeah, ideally I'd like to play some state cricket if I get get picked for it. i got to do a bit more, I think, in grade cricket first of all. Um, but, yeah, fingers crossed with that. And then, yeah, still tossing up whether I'll go to England this off-season and play over there or deciding if I'll travel and just have a bit of fun. Nice. Well, good luck tomorrow night. All of us here in Sydney are behind you. Our Brisbane listeners are not, but <laughs> we're all behind you. And if you do, if you do win, make sure you go and try out that secret knock on the party room. Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll all right, you guys know how it is. This is the best of the summer run home weekdays for the Hyundai Santa Fe. Welcome back to the best of the summer run home. It was Missile hosting this afternoon, and now I spoke to my co-host, Robbie Slater, about his time with Blackburn. He's one of very few Australians to win a Premier League title. I want to go back to 1994 when you went to Blackburn. Yes. I'm sure all our listeners want to hear about your time at Blackburn. So you won the Premier League with the Rovers. Yeah. Um, please fill us in on, on your time at Blackburn, what it was like. Well, it nearly didn't League. happen because what happened is uh, I got offered uh, in Lawns. I was, I'd had a great time, yeah. And it was a club and still is close to my heart. I was back there visiting back in April. Were they but, a strong club? Yeah, big club. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily one that won a lot of things, but it yeah. was a massive, it was a bit like a Newcastle United. Not now with all their money yeah. in, England, in the EPL, but, you know, working class. It was a coal mining uh, town. And you know they they had the reputation of having having the best supporters in in France and still have that today. And um, <clears throat> so to leave there, and I'd met Natalie, my my first wife there, and um, yeah. you know it was. But I'd grown up, and after the Maradona game in Argentina, and he spoke so beautifully about me, <laughs> um, I got interest from Italy and and England. I grew up watching Liverpool. Mm. I was a Liverpool supporter. I grew up watching it on Match of the Day on the ABC an hour every Sunday night. And my ultimate dream when I was a kid was to play for Liverpool or play in England. Yeah. So when the opportunity came to play in the EPL, it, you know, I was 29 at Lawns. Mm -hmm. So it was the last chance. Yeah. So I go, okay, I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to go to the EPL. So I refused to very amicably did not re-sign. I had an offer of a three-year extension, yep. which would have effectively probably, that's where I would have stayed. Yeah. Uh, but I'd had four, five great years there. So I thought, okay. And anyway, the offers came in and I, and I went to train at Aston Villa. That's how it worked in England in those days. They offered you like, we're interested in you. Can you come so we can have a look at you? See, you can have a look at us. So I agreed. So I went to Aston Villa. I had the choice of Leeds and Villa at that point. And Bozza was at Leeds, uh, yeah. at Aston Villa, sorry. Yeah, and yeah. Dwight York was there. Uh, and they had a really good uh, squad. Ron Atkinson was the case. Anyway, I spent a week on a training camp in Plymouth, actually, at the at the military base, naval base. Uh, pre-season training did pretty well, obviously, because mm. I went back to Villa Park. On a Monday afternoon, I was with my agent and yep. um, I sat with Ron Atkinson, yep. discussed terms, pretty much agreed, just wasn't finally done, but pretty much agreed that, yeah, it was all good. I was going to go to Villa. Yeah. We walked out, dead set. We walked out. It was the early days of mobile phones. So my agent had this massive mobile phone. But anyway, we were going towards the car and then he veered off and he's on the phone and I was getting quite reckless and uh, you know, I'm looking at him going, come on, mate, let's get out of here. Yeah. Uh, he got off the phone. He goes, you know, you wouldn't believe who that was. And I said, well, who was it? He said, it was Kenny Dalglish, Blackburn Rovers. Right. And Blackburn Rovers had finished second to Manchester United the year before in the, in the Premier League. Where Not were, only where that, were Villa on Villa the were table? like mid table. Mid table. Uh, okay. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a good big side. upgrade. Yeah. yeah. So Blackburn was, you know, Shearer, One Alan the Shearer yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so Hodge, Hodge, he says, he wants to sign you this afternoon. There's no training or anything. You just come up and you sign. And I go, really? Kenny Douglish was a hero of mine. Yeah. Growing up. He was one yeah. of my favorite. I had posters of him on the page and I said, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we basically drew, drove up the M6 to Liverpool, uh, veered off at Liverpool to Blackburn, got to Ewood Park. Kenny Douglish met us at the stadium. Mate, his Scottish accent was that that like thick i didn't understand a word he said yeah but i just kept looking at him i was in <laughs> awe and i signed that afternoon did and you have to do the training there and no 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 nothing i signed a contract i went straight up to aberdeen uh the, the day after i played i debuted as in pre-season mm. against aberdeen and then i played at hamden park against celtic was my second um trial and then mm -hmm. Two weeks later, my first game for Blackburn in England was the stuff of r dreams. It was at Wembley against Manchester United in the ch Charity Shield, now called the Community Shield. Wow. So it was, you know, extraordinary to, you know, from a young kid, I'd always, even though I'd been, you know, already a soccer been to the Olympics. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And played in France against some of the greatest players, Marseille mm. and, and Monaco. George Weir was there. Mar Marseille had Waddle. Jean-Pierre Papin, Marcel Desai, great players. But playing in England was – my mum and dad were there. It was mm. a very, very proud moment. So but then not that's only, how I ended up at Blackburn. But Not only playing in England, yeah, winning the Premier League. In that first in year. But Boz has got a good story because I disappeared. I was supposed to sign for Aston Villa. Yeah. And apparently Ron Atkinson, about a week later – or no, it was two weeks later uh, – he was – all, the whole Villa team were invited to um, Ronnie Atkinson, the manager's house, for a barbecue to watch the charity shield. 
Oh. And and all the players were going, where's your mate Slater? You know, they'd been saying for, you know, are you supposed to sign and Ron Atkinson had actually asked Boss. He said, well, where's and Boss? I don't know. I don't know where he is. And apparently, so Wembley, the charity shield's a big deal. It's 100,000 yeah. people. Yeah. The Queen's there. I think it was Philip, Prince Philip we met along the line. Anyway, the camera's going along the lines. <laughs> and apparently the camera, and there's me, he's in the Blackburn lineup. And from that day on, Ron Atkinson, the manager of Villa, said, never trust an Aussie. They're, they're all lies. And, and he blamed Bozza for it. So, hey, who was your manager? How does that work for football? Is, do you have a separate Australian manager and a European No, I manager? didn't have. No, in, in my day, I didn't have. No, I had different agents. I had an agent of a fellow soccer guy called Eddie Crunchovich who took me to Underlecht, was my first club after the 88 Olympics. Yep. Uh, where I was kind of spotted. And... So I had an agent that moved me from there, from Underlecht to Lons, and then Dave Hodgson was the name of the English agent yeah. who contacted me about Villa, Leeds, and eventually Blackburn. So they what, came from that, he came from, he, from England. England. But I knew to, his name, he was an ex-Liverpool player, and, and after that I just used the PFA, which was the Players Football Association when I went to West Ham and Southampton. Mm. Hey, what a surreal first season for you. So as a Liverpool fan, that was incredible. You go to England to trial. Mm. You could have gone to Villa, but you yeah. went to Blackburn who previously came second to Man U, yeah. Liverpool's probably biggest rival. Yeah. And then the season gets decided on the final day at Liverpool. where Liverpool's playing Man United with Kenny and- Douglas as the manager at Anfield. And anyone who knows the history as you know, so it went to the last day of the season. Apart from the Aguero goal, it's probably, you know, it's one of yeah. the most famous Premier well, second most famous Premier League finish in history. We won at Newcastle. They nearly lost midweek, so it goes to the last game. They're going to West Ham away. We're going to Liverpool away, yeah. where Kenny Douglas is a hero, yes. is a legend. But the, the thing is, if we don't win and United win, they're champions. Yeah. Mm. If they, they they need to win, so if they draw uh, and we lose, we're still champions yeah. because of the one point three point. Anyway, Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson, all week was saying uh, Liverpool won't cheat; they're too big a club, you know, because everyone's saying Liverpool don't want because Liverpool and United hate each other. Yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah. like using the word hate, but they dislike each other immensely. Yeah. And everyone thought Liverpool's just going to lay down and let us win because they don't want United to win the title. Well, they didn't because they didn't. you can't. Well, you can't. You're a professional. And, yeah. Um, but Where it was, was Liverpool on the table? No, they were out of it. They were probably fifth or sixth. Okay. Um, so we went to Anfield and, and we lost. We lost 2-1, but United drew at West Ham. So we were still champions. Wow. Uh, and the whole stadium was chanting throughout the game, Doug Leash's name. But we saw, we went on a three-day bender. Yeah. Which finished with Colin Hendry, not our captain, but our captain, like he was called Braveheart. I remember on the third, it was the second or third night, we're at some pub in in uh, Clitheroe, somewhere Wally up north, uh, north of Blackburn, and he was standing stark naked on a table with a pint in his hand, with a Scottish, uh, you know, Braveheart hat. See you, Jimmy hat. And yeah. I thought it's time to go home, and <laughs> but. You know, when we saw later after that bender, the chances United had to score. Andy Cole, I think, missed three one-on-ones. Really? And if they had won, they would have won the premiership, but they didn't, and we won it. So That's insane. But what sort of t- side did United have at the time? Like Who that. were some other players? Well, they had uh, the Nevilles. Uh, yeah. They had Cantona. Okay. They had Mark Hughes. Yeah, they had 
yep. Brian Giggs, they had a fantastic side. The key to the season, I don't know if you remember, Brooks, you would definitely remember the the famous Kung Fu kick. Yeah, Mark, you remember that? Cantona, yeah. So, um, so they were playing Crystal Palace on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. I was at home watching. We'd already played the weekend. And anyway, a fan was giving Cantona abuse uh, and he literally Kung Fu kicked. He ran towards the crowd and launched himself into this fan. He got banned for six months. We all got to training the next day and we go, That's that could be the premiership for us because yeah. he was so crucial to them. Wow. Wow. And then Blackburn from then on, I mean, I started watching – EPL in probably the late 90s as a young kid. I was a massive yeah, Liverpool yeah. fan. I was a massive yeah, Michael yeah. Owen fan. Yeah, that brilliant. That was the jersey I had. Yeah. Uh, I remember them in the, some of those finals, so FA Cup finals yeah. against Arsenal, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, what happened to, to Blackburn? Why were they no longer a powerhouse well, what, of English football? Well, they never were going to. So Jack Walker is still magnate, massive Blackburn fan and a beautiful man. Yeah. We used to call him Uncle Jack, but he pumped in money to redevelop Ewood Park. And he brought Kenny Dalglish in because Blackburn were nowhere before yeah. Dalglish come in, and then we managed to sign. He managed to sign Shearer, then we signed Chris Sutton, and all these great players. We won the title, and the next year it was the Champions League. Some players left. I left. I went to West Ham because Kenny Dalglish left, um, and it was just never going to be a big club. Uh, and Jack Walker stepped away. Uh, so there wasn't as much money, yeah. um, and players weren't attracted to Blackburn really historically. What's it like as a place, Blackburn? Blackburn was yeah, it was a good, it was a good place. It's in, sort yep. of in between Liverpool. It's the north of England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's not the you know the not freaking the Cote d'Azur. It's not the yeah. French Riviera. It's not Tenerife. Yeah, it's not Tenerife <laughs> and Los Americos <laughs> and Dixie. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it was a great place. Great people. Uh, I still follow them. They're obviously, Where are tough they now? times. They're in uh, League, uh, not League One, the Championship, which is the second division. Yep. And they've threatened to come up a few times, uh, but they will eventually. But they're never going to – when you look at the EPL since its beginning and you go through, there's two anomalies in the the winners list. So Liverpool have won, only won one. But you've got United, you've got Chelsea, you've got Manchester City, you've got Arsenal. Then Mm. you've got Blackburn and Leicester. Leicester. And people go – how did that happen? Mm. You know, and it was, it was just, it was extraordinary time. Well, you know how uh, Leicester were a thousand to one or something at the start of the season. Yeah. What would Blackburn have been that season? Okay. No, that season we were short because we'd yeah. finished, yeah, you got before second, I arrived, yeah. they'd finished second to Man United and were tipped to. How long did that little period last for Blackburn? No, that was it. That was it. So that period before I got there, they, you know, they had a couple of good seasons under, under Doug Leash. Then we won it. Yeah. And then really it plummeted. Thanks for listening to the best of the Run Home Summer Edition with Missile and Robbie Slater. You can listen to the podcast, search The Run Home with Joel and Fletch.